0: Abed and all hope listeners, you're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hi folks, Old Meg Grognard here on a Wednesday morning, kind of mid-morning, and let's see what we have today. I'm glad you're here. Hope you're having a great day. And believe it or not, I have an email. I get to read an email. Oh boy. So let's do that. This is from Christopher Marvin and he says, hello Glenn. First, let me say that I've listened to almost all your podcasts and watched many of your YouTube videos. I really enjoy the reviews and I love your podcasts. I have learned quite a bit about GMing from you. Thank you for taking the time to do them. Well, you're welcome, Christopher. I'll do more. On yesterday's podcast, you mentioned an article from Dragon that included adventure packs for basic D&D. Well, I searched around a bit and found it in issue number 191 from March 1993. It's a good article and will be useful when equipping characters in the future. Thanks for mentioning it. Yeah, I still can't think of the name of it, though, the article. Oh, it's different totes for different folks. And it's like you said, it's in issue 191. He goes on, On a related note, have you considered doing a regular review of early issues of Dragon or specific OSR-related articles that you select from Dragon? There are a ton of great OSR resources in Dragon, and I suspect many of you listeners, even the ones like myself that have read the older magazines, would find good information that they weren't aware of or forgot about. Just a thought. When you have a moment, could you please send me a copy of the 101 Names documents you mentioned? Thanks again for all you do Glenn it's very much appreciated. Well, thank you for that email Christopher. I'm glad you you enjoyed it. I've already sent him the documents and if you want a copy of the hundred one names one and two you can drop me a line at oldmangrognar@gmail.com. At yeah, I'm thinking about doing some dragon article reviews on Radio Grognard here. So, it's it's in the back of my mind. I will be looking those over. I do have PDFs of a lot of the dragons, so we can we can do it that way, or I can do it that way. So, But thanks for the suggestion. I appreciate it. Okay, what I wanted to talk about today is supplemental things for your game. And what I mean is things like new rule, not new rules, but new ways of doing things that somebody suggested. You may have seen it on a blog or post or heard about it on a podcast or something like that. Or the players bring in this neat new class or ability or something like that for you guys to try out. Okay, my usual comment on that is caveat emptor. Let the buyer beware. And what I mean is, do it at your own discretion and review it before you do it. Me, I'm more of a, I just use what's in the rulebook. I may see something neat that I want to try out, and I will try it out. I've had groups where we tried things out, but I really got to think of it, I really got to think about it, and just, uh, you know, run it through the group. Here's how you do it. You find something neat you want to try. Maybe it's a new class. Maybe it's a new rules uh, variant, or something like that. What you do is, and try to do this at the beginning of the campaign if you end up having a campaign. What you do is you say to the group, "Hey." I got this new thing. I want to try it out. And try it out for a couple of sessions. If it don't work, chuck it. And I mean, really, if it don't work, don't fall in love with it. You should never fall in love with any of your rules ver- rules, or rules variants or whatever, because you never know when you're going to have to chuck it. It also depends on what kind of feel you want for the game. Me, I'm Mr. Cinematic. If it makes the game run faster, if it doesn't bog it down, if it makes it feel more like they're in a movie, I will do it. If it bogs down the game, if it gets ponderous and just plain boring and complicated or complicated, I'll check it. I remember one of our Saturday games a long time ago when we were playing Rule Cyclopedia D&D. My DM Matt wanted to try out the Weapon Mastery rules. I think that lasted about two sessions where we concluded, they were way too complicated for us to keep track of, and you you go up in level, you get better at your certain weapons, but there were so many options and things that we just got overwhelmed. I didn't even write down half the stuff that I was supposed to be able to do with my weapon, or I just wrote down the pluses and a couple of things because there's just so much, and it's in this like a two page two page spread sideways. And it just, it it was too much. We said, well, let's check it. Let's just go back to the regular weapon damage and things like that. And he'll just, you know, take things on a case-by-case basis. Now, I don't think it's a total loss. I didn't think it was a total loss because later on, I got a copy of Dark Dungeons, which is a rules cyclopedia clone. And they have weapon mastery in there, but it's easier to follow. First off, they made the book bigger. They didn't try to do this two-page spread of this little tiny type and such, they took each weapon or group of weapons separately on a page, and just go, okay, this is what it does. This is what it does with you. That level. This is what it does with you. That level, putting slots and all that other stuff. It laid it out easier, and it, I understood it better. So, if I was ever going to do Weapon Mastery again, and if I was running an RC campaign, I would use the Weapons Mastery from Dark Dungeons, or just read Dark Dungeons. You could do that too, because it's rule Cyclopedia. But it's you. You understand what I'm saying. If it bogs down the game, get rid of it. Because nothing, nothing. To me, nothing is vital. Everything is expendable, except for the basic framework of the rules. The even and even then, some people say those aren't those aren't necessary either. Well, if you don't have your rules, what's the point? Because some people strip it down so far that you're just sitting there telling each other stories and. This is this is why I really don't care for storytelling games, because I just can't sit there and go, can I do this? Well, okay, I think you can, type of thing. I want, there, I want there to be some dice rolling. I want there to be some kind of chance in there. So I like the games that are close to that, but I don't really care for playing story. I was surprised I liked Fate. I played Fate once. It was fun, because it has just enough die rolling to make it interesting, and there's a lot of leeway in the dice roll in the results, but I came to the conclusion that if i'm if i'm going to do something like that I'd rather do savage worlds because it's a little crunchier and it has a better array it it, it has all the, the the array of dice not that I don't mind d six systems I played them before champions uh tunnels and trolls things like that, but I just it feels. A little bit more cohesive in Savage Worlds. That's why I like it. So the rules variance, and you know, and if you got some players who's hot to trot on running this class, whether it be from a splat book or an article in a magazine or a podcast or whatever, really scrutinize it. I mean, with a fine tooth comb to make sure it fits you. Some of them, if they want to try something, and it, it just it's at odds with what you're running, and what the feel is in your campaign. No, I go, no. But if it's, if they really want to run it, and I will take a look at it. I will take a look at it and make a, try and make a fair and biased judgment on it. Some things are so broken, some things out there are so broken that I won't even think about it. If I'm running 2E and you throw a splat book kit at me, I will get out a, Like, I'll get up my magnifying glass and just minutely scrutinize it. Because I know about Splatbook kits. I know how ridiculous they can get and how broken they can get. But if they've got a kit that isn't going to break the game, that is true to what they want to run, if it fits the character concept of what they want to run, then I will look it over Double check it and go, okay. Because it's at that point, if they want to run this class so bad or this kit so bad or whatever it is, if they want to run it so bad, it's on them to run it correctly. That doesn't mean I'm not going to monitor them once in a while, but I expect them to keep up with it. I had a friend who was Mr. Psionics. He always wanted to play Psionics and I always resisted. And this was during 335. And I finally said to him, Look, you got the psionics handbook. I got the psionics handbook. You want to run a psionicist, you go ahead and run a psionicist, but it's on you. You are the one who's going to keep track of it. You are the one who's going to be responsible for any kind of things that are going to unbalance the game. And I can tell whether it's going to be unbalanced or not during play. I will come to you and say, okay, what's going on? Can you fix this? If not, because I said, if this doesn't work, it's out. Sonics are out. Because I don't care for sci- psionics in the first place, but you're so bound and determined to play this character, I'm going to give you a shot. So we created a little world, a little island, his character, in this in this campaign where they had all psionics running around there, and he's from there and all this other stuff, and it worked out. He was keeping track of the points, he was doing, he was doing everything right, and he wasn't dominating the whole game. You can't have one character dominate the whole game. They may be the focus of something. In a scenario or a campaign, but they cannot dominate the game. So I went ahead and I, and it worked out fine. It worked out fine. He was an honest he was an honest guy. He was my roommate at the time. He was an honest guy, and I trusted him. And so, if there's trust between the players and the DM, and that's always what it comes down to, trust. So, like I said, caveat emptor on any kind of addition to the rules or any kind of variant or anything like that. All right, spoke my piece. So we're cool, so I'm going to go start my day. Got the long guys coming over later, so got to take care of that. Anyway, I hope you folks have a really good day. And until we see each other again, keep the dice warm, and I'll talk to you later. Bye bye Questions? Comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air.